0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the National College's podcast. Today is World Mental Health Day. The World Health Organization recognizes World Mental Health Day on the 10th of October every year. The theme this year is Make mental health and well-being for all a global priority. Mental health problems exist in our lives, families, workplaces and communities impacting everyone we need to make sure that we're doing as much as possible to prevent mental health issues as individuals and as a society. It's a chance to talk about mental health in general, how we need to look after it, and how important it is to talk about things and get help if you are struggling with your mental health and well-being. To discuss just that, I'm joined by Anna Bateman, who has over 24 years experience in education as a teacher, trainer and consultant. She's passionate about placing prevention at the heart of every school, integrating mental health and well-being into the curriculum, schools and systems. Over the last 10 years, Anna's worked with and transformed hundreds of primary and secondary schools. She has excellent subject knowledge and a solid understanding of how schools work as well. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Anna today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Anna. I really appreciate it. Just to give a little bit more background for our listeners, it would be fantastic if you could explain in your own words um, a bit more about where your career began and your journey so far in education.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I started uh, in, in teaching in schools, um, actually in nursery and early years. I've got an early years degree. Um, I was very passionate about that as a particular subject. Um, so my career actually before that started off in a bank. Um, so when mm-hmm. I first left school, I actually went and worked in the bank for a year um, and that was the worst thing I could have done. It really wasn't my thing. Not that I <laughs> have a problem with people who work in banks. That's great. But for me, that's. Yeah. Um, so very quickly realized that actually I wanted to be in education um, and so sort of um, did my training and then worked in early years all the way through to kind of year two. So I was very primary focused at the time. And then as I sort of started to have my family, I realised that I wanted to focus on a particular area, and I was very passionate about um, emotional health and well-being and mental health. Um, And particularly that's down to having grown up um, in a family where my father had a really significant mental illness, so he was in and out of hospital a lot. And we were grappling with kind of not just understanding his needs, but also at a time when There was a real stigma around mental health um, and we were still at the point where there were hospitals and it was very, um, yeah, it was all, it was, yeah, it was not an easy time to have a mental um, ill health Mm -hmm. difficulty. So there was sort of that, I guess there was that really side of things where I grew up sort of with the language trying to understand. And so I, it, it kind of, for me, education and wellbeing and mental health were then very clearly combined. They sort of already together. So um, I had an opportunity to work for Birmingham Advisory Service. They asked me if I would go and help in their team because I'd led um, the health agenda across the school that I was working in. I was a leader there. Um, And they said, actually, could you come and work for us on secondment? So I um, agreed. I wanted to focus on health. And then as time went on, I then got to focus on more around emotional literacy. There were some really innovative uh, programmes that Birmingham were putting out Around evidence-based approaches, and I, I I then got the opportunity to be an emotional literacy consultant and trainer um, and work across um, america work within America and train in America where this curriculum had come from. So uh, that kind of really honed my passion and then um, led led the team across the city. We were sort of we had hundreds of schools that we worked with um, with this particular curriculum. Um, And then I I set up my own company once um, the local authorities decided emotional literacy wasn't really something that they wanted to provide anymore. Um, So I set up my own company and I've been working with schools ever since. I've been really, really busy since then. That was 2015. And in amongst that, I've worked for Samaritans at times. I've been a governor. Um, So just very passionate about making sure that education and well-being is, is sort of at the forefront of my mind, really um yeah. and um yeah it's 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 something that I very I feel very passionately about often my children will say to me you know the teens uh now and they're kind of like but mum like don't don't you find it depressing or anything yes. else? no no I don't actually which sounds weird but if I can help someone or if there's a way of being able to prevent and help people understand better then then to me that's a really good thing
0: yeah, 100 percent. I think that's really, really interesting because mental health and well-being is something that I think most people will deal with at one point in their life. And it's yeah, that's amazing. It's really, really interesting insight into kind of the work that you've done. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm. And um, could you maybe um, a bit more specifically give us an insight into the actual work that you do with schools um, to support staff and pupils with mental health and well-being?
1: Yeah, so I work particularly with just um, some key organisations really around, I guess I've got quite a strategic head. So I look at rather than um, when we say mental health, we all uh, you know immediately kind of go to the mental illness space. Mm. For me, it's about how can a school create a more mentally healthy space? What does that actually look like? When we say we're going to take a whole school approach to something, we don't sometimes know what that means. So my job is to kind of describe that. Yeah. So what's been great is that we've had the, the Department for Education have pulled together this, you know, evidence based approach of the eight points of, you know, a whole school approach. So I think that's really helped a lot. Um, but uh, but, you know, those are really the key areas that I work with. So I will work with heads and deputies as a, a kind of a critical friend. Really, we do a you know, plan, do, review kind of approach. We audit. We look at where the gaps are in the school and I help them to kind of then look at what those activities should be. And then we'll we'll go in and out of schools and just kind of try and keep them on track. Because I yeah. think one of the biggest challenges is, you know, there's always new things going on in school and it's trying to keep mel- mental health on the agenda. And, and more and more, the senior leaders that I'm meeting have not just one role, they will have multiple roles. And they're not just small roles. You know, we're talking, SLT will be... The DSL, the senior mental health lead, the Senco, the, and it, like mm-hmm. these are massive roles. Um, <laughs> so you know, having me going in whilst I'm, I'm sort it's not finger waggling, It's like, oh, Anna's coming in, right? We need to make sure that we've kind of like thought about what we're doing. How's this going? And then finally, what I do is also training, so making sure that all staff understand what their role is for mental health. It isn't about mental illness necessarily, but it's all those resilience based kind of approaches it's the sense of belonging it's helping children sort of um, you know have a good route to kind of knowing what they want to do and that is tricky I mean you know all these things I'm talking about they're not just they take time yeah um, but you know kids are in school for what 12 years so you know if we can take this approach um, consistently and apply it consistently then that's where we start to see the benefits so um, yeah. yeah that that's kind of yeah that's what I do
0: yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I think that's very, very true because sometimes you don't think about how long kids are actually in school for and then you think you've got all of this time to definitely make a difference um, to their lives mm. as well. And um, is, is there any kind of key advice that, that you would give to schools? I know it's a very broad question, but um, anything that you see coming up quite a lot in terms of advice to improve mental health and wellbeing for staff and pupils? Is there anything in particular that comes up on a regular basis for you that you would suggest?
1: I think... T- uh, you know, some of the key things are around trying not to kind of um, get into a space of, of pathologizing mental health. So what do I mean? You know, if if we've lost someone um, through bereavement, for example, um, the fact that we feel sad and distressed and can't eat and sleep is not because we've, we're mentally ill. It's because we loved someone um and so you know there's a book from Johan um, Hari called Lost Connections and I know I know the queen has even said this you know it's it's as a result of loving someone and in in that book he talks about um for that very thing that you know we don't necessarily need to medicate ourselves because we've lost someone we know that it's a, a, a sort of a short term for some people um kind of feeling that will change um, and and grow uh, and you know it will it won't always be there and we'll adapt for most people but of course some, for some people if that's not the case then we will reach out for support yeah. so I think it's helping particularly children young people know that having an overwhelming feeling is not something that there's, there's wrong with them and actually if we can help them manage those overwhelming feelings and know that how you know how I might have you know if I'm overwhelmed I know that like getting outside and going for a walk is probably the best thing that I can do at that point you know and for you it might be something very different it's helping children and young people know that when they have that overwhelming feeling it's it's like it's normal it's normal yeah um and how they can help themselves so I think that's probably one of the biggest things I would say and then just focusing really on that mentally healthy so tolerating overwhelming feelings and then focusing on positivity and hope where possible I, I, this all sounds very twee and i know for a lot of families and children and um you know they're in circumstances that are really really distressing a lot of the time mm. and i think for some schools they can feel really uh, disempowered and i think for me that's again just just as another hint it's just kind of look focusing on the protective factors we cannot change some of the circumstances these young people are in and it's distressing but we know that we can put in more protective factors for them to kind of buffer the effects mm. of what they're going through um and so really that's why I would again recommend schools you know we can't we can't control where a, where a young person is necessarily of course we can do early help and all that kind of thing but sometimes it's just focusing on what can we do for yeah. this child while
0: they're in school yeah definitely it's all about what you can do and what you can control, really, which, um, yeah, that's definitely really, really useful advice that I'm sure everyone will massively appreciate. in terms of World Mental Health Day, then, this year, Ooh. the theme is make mental health and well-being for all a global priority, which I thought was so impactful and relevant at the moment as well. Um, with I know that lots of people are struggling at the moment with things like cost of living and things like that. Um, and do, do you have any thoughts on that theme in terms of how schools can get involved and maybe the steps they can take to promote the importance of mental health and well-being to both pupils and staff?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think these these awareness days are great. You know, I think they're a real opportunity, aren't they, to kind of yeah. focus on focus on mental health and, and certainly globally. So that's great. So things like the posters to download. So, you know, thinking about not worrying about the cost of resources and things. But so there is the posters and the graphics that you can download. Um, Action for Happiness have got a fantastic um, calendar called Optimistic October. Um, and so you can kind of staff and, and young people can get involved with some of those things on each day throughout October. So it doesn't it isn't just on that day, but we can then look look wider as well. Yeah. Um. There's things like raising money for minds and other mental health charities and, and doing that through what I would sort of say is like more mindful activities. So just. Getting children, young people to experience what it feels like to be to be mindful, to be connected to our body, to to have slowed down, to not be on our phones and worrying. Um, and so that could be from anything like with the EYFS through like looking at our senses and doing a sensory walk all the way through to journaling, doodling, colouring, drawing. I mean, Lego, you know, all these things are in the gifts of schools. This is not something that you're going to have to buy. Yeah, baking absolutely. and what I love for older uh, young people is is mindful photography so you know if you imagine you know, literally going around having a particular theme they're, they're having to be in the moment and focus mm. on what they're seeing and what yeah. they're experiencing um, and it's just you know so tying that into some of the activities are really helpful and, and staff modeling well-being so taking a break that day making sure staff sit and take a break check-ins with each other as well and if you want to carry on the kind of theme, then it's the, that kind of optimistic October, but pledges then, right, you know, from today, what is it that I'm now going to do? Mm. That's my one sort of thing. So if I am overwhelmed or what's what we're what we going to do um, and yeah. what we're we going to be optimistic about.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's already good ideas and things that schools can definitely get involved with. And I know there's a lot of um, free resources out there and we have a selection of our guides as well that um, I believe we collaborated with you on as well. Um, and yeah. some of our uh, free guides that we offer for schools. And um, so kind of linking on to that, I'm sure many of our listeners are aware of this, but you have collaborated with the National College on a huge range of mental health and wellbeing focused CPD um covering i know things like supporting each other through grief and mourning staff well-being loneliness anxiety and stress and things like that um is there any kind of key recommendations that you would make to our listeners for world mental health day or any particular area that you think is um yeah of importance at the moment maybe well certainly uh,
1: as i've alluded to i think the kind of this idea of of managing overwhelming emotions so social emotional Mm -hmm. literacy there's a webinar on that and there's a practical one, but there's also one uh, based on the new um, NICE guidance as well. Yes. Um, and then there are courses on on sort of um, helping children with depression, low mood and anxiety. So, you know, um, what does that mean for us in school? What are some hints and tips that I can use? But, you know, also, when do I know when things are not OK? You know, if children are not sort of functioning over a period of time. Um, then actually that might mean that we we need some specialist support but there is lots and lots that we can do already um, to help our children and young people um, on World Mental Health Day and I think it's a fantastic opportunity to raise the profile of, of it again.
0: That's brilliant and I think that we've all definitely learned something today from that and thank you so much for sharing those advice and tips with us as well Anna we really appreciate it. Be sure to keep an eye out for the next episode of An Educator's Insight, which is available every Thursday on Spotify. And in the meantime, if you're celebrating World Mental Health Day, we'd love to hear from you. So be sure to tag us in your posts on social media at the National College.